This is Raptors Shootaround. It's on to the finals. A TSN 1050 playoff special. Oh, baby, what a play. The Raptors and the NBA Finals live here. Yes, guys. Hour number two of the broadcast for a Monday. New week. Series tied at one. Game three, Wednesday night. Pre-game coverage starts at seven. Dwayne Watson is actually going to be in Oakland, so Matt Cos will join me in studio, but Dwayne is going to help us out from courtside as well. And, of course, Game 4 Friday, pre and post as well here live on TSN 1050. Later on in the broadcast, we will have Matthew Cos, host of Game Day on TSN 1050, and we'll do a Game 1 versus Game 2 comparison. Arad, who's on? Are you kidding me? Is it Chuck Swirsky, former play-by-play voice of the Raptors, down with the Bulls? Chuck, how are you? I'm doing well. Good morning. How are you? Everything's good. So, in terms of this this series, what do you what do you make of it so far? Well, I mean, it's going to be a long series. I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, it's a game, obviously, of adjustments and who's healthy and who's not healthy, who can be on the floor at crunch time and whatnot. But uh, I'm really enjoying this as a fan, just watching on the couch, you know, as an NBA fanatic, which I am, and uh, I love it. I really do. Well, you knew the Warriors were going to make adjustments, and they did last night. And I don't think uh, an 18-0 run was part of the adjustment, but that was kind of the, the key part of the game. But but in terms of the, the other stuff, I mean, Green, Cousins, uh, Cook off the bench, these were big ads from Game 1, weren't they? Absolutely. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm still not completely sold on Golden State's bench, but they do what they do if they get the rant back, whether it's Game 3 or Game 4. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the bench because these gaps of uh, time now with not playing for a couple, three days, whatever the case may be, really benefits Golden State in this case, especially with Durant being out. But last night they came through. I thought Cook and Cousins were exceptional. And Cousins, his presence is unbelievable. For a man that played sparingly the other night and then to do what he did last night, was magnificent for a man who hadn't played in over a month. So, uh, again, this is about adjustments. I thought Nick Nurse did a fine job, you know, with his box in one. Uh, and it really, I think, caught Golden State off guard. Uh, but, again, it's going to be intriguing to see as we move forward now to Oakland, California, for Game 3, uh, what's in store for both teams. Yeah, I mean, when you get into the punch-counterpunch, the, the theory of the game, and, and you're well-vested in that, what do you think the adjustments are for the Raptors in Game 3? Well, you know, I, I replayed the second half and the run that Golden State... Listen, Golden State has done this to a lot of teams, especially the Bulls <laughs> twice, as a matter of fact. But, um, you know, Golden State, when they're out and running, they are incredible. Now, in half-court sets, I think the Raptors actually have done a very good job defending Golden State, especially with a hard two-man blitz on Curry, and by the way, let me just say this: the Curry pass to Livingston last night near the end of the ball game, setting up Iguodala's three, and actually was a was a bad pass. That pass could have been easily intercepted by Leonard, who almost came up with it, um, because the Raptors did a great job trapping Curry on that sideline. Um, but having said that, I, I think you know the Raptors missed some open looks in that quarter. So to me, if I'm you know going over the tape, which I'm sure Nick Nurse will, you know I I can't be displeased with the shot selection of the Raptors. The thing that Golden State can do, and they can do it in a blink of an eye, is when they get the ball up court downhill, they are unbelievable. 
And, you know, it will be interesting to see what the case is with Thompson, with the hamstring, whether Durant can play, how Cousins' body feels after playing nearly 30 minutes. All these things will go into play. But, again, with the gap between games two and three, as the case with one and two, benefits Golden State with their health. Um, you might disagree with this. Golden State is obviously the best team in the business, but they are probably at their most vulnerable now, aren't they? Well, I would think so. I mean, listen, um, had, had the Raptors won the game last night, I think this series would have been over because I, couldn't, I just can't see the Raptors losing for their next five. Um, but Golden State, there, there's a reason why Golden State is in the midst and probably the tail end of a dynasty, so to speak especially if they win this series, you're going to have to put them up with the greatest teams of all time, in my opinion, for what they've been able to accomplish. Because at the end of this run, um, you know, they've got some decisions to make. And as much as they want to keep Durant and will do everything to keep Durant, the truth of the matter is that teams play a lot of basketball over a period of three to five years, and it catches up with them as it caught up with the Bulls, as it caught up with the Pistons, as it caught up with a lot of clubs, the Cavaliers, when they had LeBron or Miami with LeBron. All these things come into play. And so for basketball fans like you and me who enjoy the sport and enjoy what an ownership and management and a coaching staff do with these players, to see what has transpired is something that we really need to embrace. And because we may not see this, with Golden State next year. As hard as they may try, it's going to catch up with them emotionally and physically, and especially finding that mental edge game after game after game in an 82-game schedule. People think you can just turn it on and off like a light switch. That doesn't work. So all I'm saying is for a basketball fan, enjoy these moments, especially with the Raptors, because it, it, it goes by quickly and it can change in a blink of an eye. It's our pleasure to be chatting with Chuck Swirsky, former play-by-play voice of the Raptors, and now with the Bulls. Uh, Chuck, I think when we're dealing with the Raptors' loss, we always sort of go back to the, the shooting percentage, but it's a little more than that, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's not having... Uh, I mean, there are some open looks that are missed, and, and maybe the accuracy's off there, but, but the Warriors made it more difficult for them, didn't they? Well, I mean, yeah, and, and listen, Golden State played uh, desperately, and they should play desperately, as all teams should, in the finals. I mean, this idea that well, we need to get game two, or we've got to get game three, because if we don't get game three, no, 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 you don't work it that way. You, you take quarter by quarter, because the complexion of a game changes in a quarter, as we've seen with quarter number three. And uh, this whole idea is, well, if we don't get game two, we're in trouble. Now, in my opinion, based on Golden State's health, um, had the Raptors win last night to go two up in this series, it would have taken an enormous amount of pressure off for games three and four, where you can say, okay, you know what, we can get one, and we're still up 3-1. Now, Golden State's at home, and they're probably saying, you know, do we really want to go, you know, come out of this with a 2-2 and then it becomes best a 3-2 and in Toronto? Probably not, although, you know, again, they went on Toronto's court. But at this point in time, you can't think that way. You've got to take quarter by quarter, and you have to make adjustments during the quarter, as Nick Nurse did last night, throwing that box and one at the Raptors, which I thought uh, was great, rather at the Warriors. I thought was great. And so Golden State came up with a wrinkle or two, and that's what you know a playoff series is all about. Uh, the Kawhi Leonard performance, again, uh, off the charts, 34 points. Um, yep. 
And uh, he is, that's his 12th 30-point game of the postseason. And only other players to do that uh, over the last 10 years in the playoffs, LeBron and Kobe. I mean, he is elite, isn't he? Yep. I, I mean, listen, I've talked to so many people around the league over the last three weeks, what we're seeing out of Kawhi Leonard. And, you know, it, it was interesting. My, my son, who's on the Portland Trailblazers staff, was at UNLV as a student manager, um, and they played San Diego State. And he kept telling me about this guy, Kawhi Leonard, when they would play San Diego State in the Mountain West. And I would say, you know, I, I know a little about him. I really don't know a lot about him. And then, of course, on draft day, the Spurs and Pacers make that trade for George Hill. And so, I mean, if somebody told me coming out of school, Kawhi Leonard would be this good or great, I would have said, ah, really? And, and to his credit, he has really worked on his game, especially on the offensive side. And I think he, he has put himself now in a position where you've got to put him back because of his health, and now he's healthy. You've got to put him back as the top three player in this league. You were mentioning earlier about Nick Nurse, and I think this is one of the quiet stories in the NBA, how good a coach this is and, and the coaching yes. staff. I mean, they, they do a lot of tweaking, and I just don't think they get the credit they deserve. You know, you know what? Uh, two people told me about Nick Nurse before a lot of people knew who Nick Nurse was. One was Brian Colangelo. And I remember having a conversation with Brian when he was in Philadelphia, and he kept telling me about Nick Nurse, Nick Nurse, Nick Nurse. And then Fred Hoiberg, who has a relationship dating back to their days in Iowa, knows Nick Nurse very, very well. And he kept telling me, Chuck, Nick Nurse can flat out coach. And it's proven. I mean, this is not a fluke. This guy can coach. This is not going to be like a one, one blip and, you know, all of a sudden you know, he disappears. This guy's going to be around a long time. He should. He is a superb coach. He really is. Uh, one of the local favorites, the Freddie Van Vliet story, 17 yeah. points last night, 38 minutes. He's been a going concern the last five games. I love him. You know, he, he's from Rockford, Illinois. Rockford is about 90 minutes just northwest of Chicago. He was a terrific high school player here, great high school player. He goes to Wichita State, plays on a shocker ball club with one of the most underrated coaches in NCAA ball, Greg Marshall, Wichita State. He's on a really good ball club, doesn't get drafted, doesn't get drafted. And Masai Ujiri pounces on him, boom. And now he has become one of the you know, top six men in the NBA. And he couldn't happen to a nicer guy. I love him. You know, he's the sports ambassador, by the way. Next time you talk to him, this is a true story. He is the sports ambassador for the city of Rockford. And so I'm always trying to tell him when, when the Bulls play the Raptors, I always go to Fred and say, Fred, you know, because there used to be an iconic hotel that was called the Clock Tower Inn. It's no longer around. I said, you know, Fred, now that you got some clout, why don't you, like, resurrect the Clock Tower Inn? <laughs> and, and so, but he's, he, he's a great story. He really is. Uh, Pascal Siakam was quieted last night, only 12 points, uh, 5 of yeah. 18. He was stunning in Game 1. It was a, a debut NBA Finals performance like none other, really. Uh, have you ever seen a story like this guy before? Well, I'm sure there are a lot of stories with a guy that comes out of nowhere, um, and that's the beauty of professional sports where all you need is one chance. And for a lot of these guys, that's the beauty of the G League, you know, where you have a G League story, all I need is one chance. And so in the case of Siakam, 
I think this is, it goes back to player development at the NBA level, which is a premium right now. If you get the right people in that department, um, it's, it's vital because you're taking a player, in the case of Siakam, who is raw, and you work with him and you work on his game. And, you know, a lot of this is heart and hustle of Siakam. I mean, he's a, he's a gazelle running baseline to baseline down the floor. And that seat was planted in game one. Now, I'll say this for game two, the, the officiating, I, and I really don't want to go here with this because it's a tough job, but I thought it was a very tight whistle on the Raptors last night, especially in the first half. Um, things have a way of evening out, as we, as we know. And Leonard went to the foul line 135 times. So, I mean, you have to look at the stat sheet, and it is what it is. But I, I thought that in some cases, some of, the, some of the calls on the Raptors really took them out of the game last night. How do you how do you see the the series winding up? Like the, the, obviously there there could be another five games. How do you see it sort of moving forward? Well, uh, again, I think health is going to be an issue. Um, you know, I know Thompson's getting an MRI today. Um, we'll have to wait and see on that. Looney is a huge piece. Although I thought Bogut that was the best I've seen Bogut in like years, um, especially with those soft lobs to the rim, and he was able to put them down. But they're going to miss Kevon Looney without any question. And I don't know if he's going to be good to go for game three with that contusion. But um, they're going to miss him, and they're going to miss him badly. And the case with Durant, who knows? I mean, you know, we get these updates. You know, he is he going to practice? Is he going to play? Who knows? But if he plays, how long will he play? Is he going to have a bit of restriction? You know, he hasn't played in a month. He's going to be a little rusty. Who knows? But I still I took the Raptors in six, and I'm still going with it. Oh, excellent. On that note, well, thank you, Chuck. Very nice of you to stop by. I really appreciate that. My pleasure. Thank you. That's Chuck Swirsky. At CTS Bulls is the Twitter account. He's the radio play-by-play voice of the Chicago Bulls. Formerly had the same job uh, with the Raptors for many years. 109-104 was the win. He talked about Bogut last night. Seven minutes, canned all three shots, six points. And uh, you, you like that timely contribution. Uh, Looney may be an injury problem. Uh, Thompson may be an injury problem. Iguodala is, is playing all battered up, although it didn't really look like it on the final shot. But uh, And, of course, the Durant situation. I would suggest to you the Durant situation gets looked at uh, a lot closer if they're down 2 nothing. But uh, they almost have a game to play with here. So don't know exactly how that works and don't know exactly how they put him back in the lineup. OG was back on the, the Raptors bench last night, didn't see a minute. So, you know, and that's a different game situation where you couldn't really play him. Uh, so it, it's hard to tell how this stuff moves forward. But, you know, the Warriors have some issues and the Raptors are there. I, I don't think anybody would argue about the legitimacy of the Raptors. You know, if you throw out that, that bad run, this is a pretty even ball game. And I think that's what you want. I think you'll take being tied at, at, at one after two games. Why wouldn't you? I mean, you know, you could be silly and think, could be up two nothing, and maybe it's not that silly. But two nothing's a bit of a stretch for me. One one, two two after four, and then we'll just let fate take over with the best uh, two out of three with two games on home court. Uh, we'll do some comparison games one and two when we come back, and after that, Matthew Cause will join us to get us to noon and Leafs lunch. You're listening to Raptor Shoot Around TSN 1050, TSN1050.ca. Also available in the TSN and iHeart Radio apps. Well, it's tentative. I don't know if I like that. Raptor Shoot Around continues. Jim Taddy with you until noon. Andy Petrillo has Leafs lunch, 12 to 1. Matt Cause, 1 to 4. Overdrive, 4 to 7. All day Raptors coverage. And by the way, this show is here all week, all throughout the finals. 
So uh, we'll continue on and sort of do a comparison between games one and two. And let me remind you um, that game three goes Wednesday night. We'll have the pregame. Matt Cause and I and uh, Dwayne Watson will actually be on scene in Oakland. 7 o'clock on Wednesday. The tip is at 9. Post game, of course, and halftime report. And Friday we'll have the pre and post, and we'll start at 7 again on Friday as well. So, I mean, some of these numbers are really relevant, and some just tell you that they're just numbers. So game one against game two from the bench. Golden State wins game one, 36-25. The Raptors win game two, 31-25. But for the Raptors, I mean, that's all Freddie V. He's the major contributor, and it was actually last night the satellite players, as Jack Armstrong likes to call them, that won it for the Golden State Warriors. Turnovers in Game 1, Golden State 16. They didn't like that. The Raptors 10 last night. Golden State 16, the Raptors 15. But you have to do a CSI on those numbers. The relevant fact is the Raptors had seven turnovers in the third quarter, and that left a mark. Shooting percentage tells you a lot. In Game 1, the Raptors 50.6%. Golden State 43.6%. Last night, Golden State 436 for consistency, but the Raptors drop from 50 to 37.2. And again, it's, you know, the basketball, the, the easy basketball analysis would be just make a couple of more shots and the game changes. Having said that, it doesn't tell you how difficult the shots were compared to game one and how the coverage was adjusted. And, you know, that 37% uh, becomes an issue because you have to fight your way through. And, and I go back to Sam Mitchell's analysis for Pascal Siakam, who slipped from 32 to 12 points. And Sam's analysis was that he was just relying on the jumper and had to get inside and, and, and do some more work and get some layups. And, and so that, again, is due to the coverage as well. So there's, there's some numbers here that support all that. Uh, Kawhi from games one to game two, game Game one, 23 points and 8 rebounds. Last night, 34 points and 14 rebounds. And Kawhi last night really legitimized the Raptors' opportunity to get back in the game. They had 21 points in the third quarter. He had 12. He was a going concern. Without those 12, I mean, you know, they obviously got blasted in that third quarter, 34-21. But without the 12... It's a landslide, and maybe you don't come back from that. Uh, Curry's performance, game one thirty four last night, 23, and of course last night said to be not feeling well. Uh, the assists, Golden State in game one wins at 29-25. Last night, much more telling, they went at 34-17, so they're firing the ball around it. I mean, clearly, when you watch Golden State play, this is a, a superior team in terms of athleticism. They have a, a level of skill that you're not going to see anywhere else, and they can move it around fast. And, you know, those threes that we talked about with Kate, really, uh, you know, two passes, boom. And, and I think it was Draymond Green that said the score at halftime, they were down five by five. They could erase that in a matter of seconds. And, and that's the ability that team has. Quite frankly, uh, last night when I, when I got into halftime and the, the spread was, what, five points, I was thinking to myself, boy, the Raptors played better than just a five-point spread. They should have been up by 10 as they were in game one. And that was concerning. You couldn't have predicted the, the just dreadful start to the second half. But... But it was kind of worrisome based on the fact they played uh, five good games. They'd won five straight and had played a good half. And you're waiting for the wheels to fall off in the execution and performance. And it did. And then they recovered. And I think that was just bound to happen. Uh, what other stats do I have here? I, I did the uh, uh, the Kawhi performance. And I did Curry's Thompson. Game one twenty one Last night, 25, but left injured. Second chance points in game one, 29-17 Toronto last night, 23 nothing for the Raptors. But what does it mean? I guess the answer would be not much. The biggest drop-off would be Pascal Siakam from game one to game two, and you knew that was going to happen. I mean, Draymond Green got embarrassed in game one. He was going to fight back. 
So in uh, game one, 32 points, shooting 14 of 17. Last night for Pascal, 12 points, 5 of 18. Cousins uh, was a big factor in that game. Freddie V, game one to game two, still very impressive. Not much drop-off at all, of any. 33 minutes, 15 points in game one. And in game two, 38 minutes and 17 points. And this guy is, I mean, if you go back to the regular season, he was a key component and uh, struggled, obviously, uh, in, in earlier rounds of the playoffs. But good to see him back, and he's a major contributor. Uh, we have some post-game sound that we can sort of wrap all this stuff up with uh, leading up to Matt Cause's appearance in the next segment. Uh, and this is, uh, you know, everything comes out of Kawhi. Everything sort of generates from him. He stops things. He creates things. I mean, this is this is the full player here. And Leonard, on how his past experience can help the Raptors the rest of the way. So obviously just taking one game at a time, you know what I mean? Um, you know, finals is not going to be easy. The only thing that matters is the four, four wins. Once you get it, two wins, three wins, it does not matter. Just take one game at a time and, you know, just play it through the adversity. I just love the way he talks. I mean, he sums it all up. I mean, there were some people that wanted it to be 2 nothing, but I, I still think that, that regardless of whether the Raptors go to Golden State tied at 1 or 2 nothing, the goal would have been to be 2-2 after four games, and that's still a very good possibility. Uh, you know, you could always look at this, and I, I think I said this with Chuck, that the, the Golden State Warriors are somewhat vulnerable. Uh, they are not totally healthy. They are into a lengthy run. They've won two straight uh, NBA titles and are gunning for number three. And, and Chuck really mapped it out nicely as to that type of success, that amount of games played, does wear you out. And and these people, they, they've got some people on the roster that are hurt, obviously. There are people on the Raptors that are playing hurt, but they seem to be a little worn. They don't seem to be quite as sharp as you're accustomed to seeing. And, and I don't know that anybody in the Raptors room is, is saying that, well, we could take advantage of this. But this is Kawhi and if the Raptors will have an easier time with the Golden State Warriors injuries. Not really. I mean, we still got to go out and make shots and guard guys that's out there. Everybody's in the NBA. These guys have a high basketball IQ. You know, obviously them missing Durant, it, it's a big loss for them. But, uh, I mean, they won the game tonight. Yes, they did. And if you go to the final moments, I mean, there's a nice 10-0 run by the Raptors, and it comes down to the final possession and as Chuck Swirsky detailed, and, and so did Brian Hayes earlier, and you saw it so you know, that on that final, that final play where Iguodala nails it, um, almost, almost ripped off by Kawhi Leonard. And, and here he talks about what almost happened. Pretty much summed it up right there. Uh, we ended up trapping um, Curry. I was playing two. He ended up passing to Livingston. Almost got a steal. I mean, I really didn't see where Iggy came from. He came up, Livingston found him, and he knocked down a shot, big shot. Did you want to see the ball in his hands in that situation compared to anybody else on the floor? No, we wanted to see it in our hands. <laughs> we wanted to get a steal. Oh, that's the excellent answer, isn't it? Uh, they wanted the ball and, and almost got it. Uh, and there was a theory I was listening to all the, and watching all the uh, coverage on TSN last night, and Jack Armstrong had this. As, as good as Cousins was... Jack's point was uh, you might want to back off on him a bit and, and let him shoot. And the theory would be if he's shooting, that means Curry and Thompson and others are not. And he's not the best of shooters, 11 points last night. Uh, and so that's that's something to 
look for an adjustment in game three is, is how you cover. And, and you know, because Cousins had only played eight minutes in the game before and was starting last night, that maybe that's something the Raptors take on. I, I find all this analysis interesting because it teaches you that no matter how negative you want to be, for whatever happens, there's always a positive counter. You just have to do it. And so that's where the Raptors sit after two games. Um, and uh, here's uh, Kawhi Leonard on if things uh, flipped from game one. I think that's the, the common analysis would be whatever the Raptors did with the full participation from the rosters in game one, that that's what Golden State did last night. Here's Leonard on that. I mean, I can't say that. Um, I mean, I feel like our pace was good early. It's just that third quarter, I feel like it just really killed us. You know what I mean? Uh, 18-0 round, if we can't score no baskets, you're not going to win no game. Well, I mean, that that's always the analysis, right? You don't score and they do. Guess who wins the game? It's not you. I like that. Sums it all up. I mean, how many times did they say in the course of this broadcast, it always comes down to if you could just make a couple more shots, and, and certainly if they were threes, uh, the sun looks a little brighter, doesn't it? Let's go to the other side of the ball. Steph Curry, uh, and uh, there was, this was uh, a conversation he had with Doris Burke from uh, ABC at the end of the game on Iguodala taking the shot, and here's what he had to say about that. The whole fourth quarter they're playing some janky defense just trying to send bodies to me everywhere. And our whole roster just took advantage of it. Like over the course of the game, that's kind of disrespectful to leave Andre Iguodala open like that. You know, with the game on the line, he's made big shots like that before. And uh, he got it done tonight. Well, there we go again. I mean, if the pass is intercepted by Kawhi Leonard, we're not having that discussion. But that's the way it was portrayed, and and that went into the Raptors uh, media area, and they denied uh, any lack of respect on that particular play. It's just something that worked. You take it and move on. Uh, as we detailed nicely, and as you are likely aware, the many people that watch this game all over the, the country, I mean, some of these uh, community things are, are really fascinating uh, to watch. Uh, you know, you could hear, if you open your window, and I'm sure it was open last night because it was warm, you could hear people around the neighborhood uh, cheering on, on various plays. And so this is, uh, talk about uniting the country over a game. This is the good example of that. And uh, to that end, you know, obviously Siakam uh, dropped off in his performance from 32 to 12 points Draymond Green on defending Pascal Siakam I wanted to set a tone on him you know not let him get in the rhythm early and I'm saying that you know I didn't box and want him you know and chase him around the floor like like Richard Sherman does some guys like you know that's a complete team effort we threw several different bodies at him so I can't just come up here and be like yeah I took him out the game like that's that's garbage that was a complete team effort and so, I mean, let's be honest here. Siakam had a target on his back based on his uh, debut performance, which was absolutely stunning. And so this is the back and forth. Uh, last night they canceled him out. We'll see what happens in Game 3. Uh, and if this season will, will teach you anything about Pascal Siakam, he will come up with a solution. The team will come up with a solution, and, and away we go uh, to uh, success for him. I mean, it's just a great story. You know, he keeps raising the bar on what you would expect from him. He challenges himself, and if there's anybody who's going to solve this, it'll be Pascal Siakam. Uh, Draymond Green talks about his defensive versatility. Garden Kawhi is different than Garden Pascal, and Garden Pascal is different than Garden Kyle Lowry. But, you know, as a defender, um, as a competitor, I relish those opportunities uh, to, to make an impact on the game on the defensive side of basketball. You know, I understand how important that side of basketball is, and, you know, no matter who I'm on, I try to, you know, make sure I have a big impact on that side. Well, he did last night, and we'll see what happens the rest of the series. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins, Boogie Cousins, stunning performance last night, as I've said many times. Even if you're in the highest part of the building, you look down and you see this big hulk of a guy. 
28 minutes and 11 points and was a force. I mean, the square footage that this guy can block and cover is is stunning. I mean, this, this could be a football player. This is this is a big, big man. And uh, he was uh, in a Q&A after the game about his injury and his comeback from. To Marcus Jonathan Show with Dia TV. Um, where would you say you are at physically right now? How close are you to being 100%? Because you're still recovering from your injury. Where do you feel like you're at right now? Bro, I really don't know. Okay, well, that sums that up. He just does want to tip his hand. <laughs> I like the short answers. It just, you know, you start fumbling around trying to come up with something, and, and dude is just not going to participate. And we should get one more bit of analysis before we break and bring in Matthew Cause. And this is Chris Bosch and Sam Mitchell on the Raptors letting an opportunity slip by. Well, I think you just look at the third quarter. 18-0 run in the finals, that's probably not a good thing. And, um, you know, especially at home, you want to have more of a defensive presence. I think the Raptors definitely let an opportunity slip by, especially when Clay Thompson went down, like you were saying earlier. But regardless of that, they gave up too many easy baskets in transition. They let Andrew Bogut be a factor. They let Quinn Cook be a factor. They let guys who weren't a factor in game one come in, get timely buckets, and really change the outcome of the series. Yeah, Chris said the Raptors got to be better at what they do. Look, they start selling for jump shots too many times. They have a distinct advantage in speed, quickness, athleticism. You got to keep attacking the rim, attacking the basket. Take what the Golden State Warriors do. Take a page out of them. When you chase the Golden State Warriors off that three-point line, they will take the two, and their interior passing was unbelievable. When you look at the fact that they had 30-plus assists to the Raptors, what, 17? It's hard to overcome those things. And then the fouling. Too many fouls at the wrong time, and they just gave the Golden State Warriors too many opportunities, let them hang around, and they didn't put them away when they had them down 12. Well, I agree with all that, but you could also flip all of that analysis around and go, well, the Raptors had won five straight games, played a really good first half, and they were due for a letdown. They had their letdown and still forced it to the final possession. That's pretty good stuff, especially in the NBA Finals. You're tied at one, going to Oakland for two games, and uh, maybe you're, you're coming back tied at two. I don't see the Raptors coming back up three to one, but stranger things have happened. Tied at two would be good. You don't want to be trailing three one, that's for sure. Coming up next, more analysis from Matthew Cause, host of Game Day on TSN 1050. This is Raptors Shootaround, TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca. Also available on the TSN and iHeartRadio apps. Raptors shooting around, TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca. Just cleaning the uh, <laughs> keyboard for the computer at Landsberg. What was you, spit his food into this thing? It needs to be said, Michael Landsberg is an absolute child. He treats his workspace like he's at Rabba. It's There's seven different food items he's eating the whole time. What's going on over there, Taddy? It's, it's, it's a mess. I gotta. Andy can't work like this. i got to clean this up. Matt Cause is here, king of the uh, dated promos, the host you. of Game Day. Thank you PSN very much. 1050. How dare you? We will have new and fresh promos involving me and my content later today. I hope so, because the one you have now it really described the Raptors' first game, but yes. also the Golden State Warriors' second game. Yeah, it did. Um, you looked at what... I mean, first off, we knew there was going to be some regression from the Raptors' offense. Pascal Siakam wasn't going to shoot 14 of 17. And what did we see in the first quarter? He missed three shots early. Some of them were wide open. Um, That was a bad game for Siakam offensively. It was a worse game for Kyle Lowry. And Marcus Gasol 
Remember, he led all scorers in the first half of Game 1. Yes. Last night, back to full hot potato Gasol. Ball touches him. He's like, oh, get rid of that. That ball as quick as possible. Well, you things start with a simple build. So Game 1, a green 3 and a Gasol 3 very early set the yes. tone. Yeah. Well, that didn't happen last night. But having said that, the first half was good. I, I thought they should have been up by more than 5. I don't know how you would describe that, uh, That uh, I don't, what, the abyss of the 18-0 run, the 4-0 going into the half and 14-0 coming out. But they did claw their way back in. They turned it into a final possession game, and that's a pretty good victory that way. Oh, absolutely. Like, I know it's Monday and everyone wants to be down, but, I mean, I don't think anyone thought Toronto was going to win the first two games. Golden State, there's a reason why they're the most feared team in basketball. And you're right. Despite all the bad things that happened, they were a couple inches away from Kawhi Leonard stealing that ball with six, seven seconds to go, with the Raptors only down two, and then a chance for them to go down for an easy basket to tie it. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's how close that was. It was a, just a monumental uphill climb and, and very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, methodical. It was, I mean, they, just, they didn't deviate. And, and you saw that, that, airtight, and that 10 nothing run, that airtight defense, which is their hallmark, really. It's incredible. Here's a, here's a couple things. You know what's repeatable? The Raptors' defense. We saw it at what they did against Philly, against Milwaukee, where they shut those teams down. Those teams did not shoot as well offensively uh, against the Raptors as they did against anyone else. We saw that in Game 1. We saw that last night. So that's repeatable. I think that carries with itself to Golden State for Game 3. Kawhi Leonard had a great game last night. I know he he had a bunch of turnovers, but he's the only one. He shot 40%, which is better than anyone else, and he's getting double or triple teamed. That's repeatable. But then I saw this stat that... Golden State, they assisted on like 90% of all their made baskets. Yeah. That's the highest percentage since they started track, since like the 1960 NBA Finals. That's not repeatable. I think the Raptors have a great opportunity to win either game three or four in Oracle. That was a missed opportunity for Toronto, but there are still plenty people should be optimistic about. Yeah, that uh, stat on assists, Raptors, sorry, the Warriors had 34. Warriors assisted on all 22 of their second half baskets. Oh my God. The 05 Spurs are the only other team since the merger to assist on every made shot in a finals half. Yeah, it is ridiculous. That's not repeatable. No, it's not. So I, I think, you know, Siakam, I think, will do better. He had five turnovers, but yeah. I mean, they're all over him. And Kyle Lowry has not had, offensively, has not had a good game in the first two games. I know he's dealing with injuries, but he also had an incredible series against Milwaukee. So you expect some better games from Kyle Lowry going forward. Well, so you lost by five, albeit on that just stupendous run by the Warriors starting the second half. But when you look at the box score and when you go back over your memory banks of what you saw, you know that you're going to get more out of Siakam. You know you're going to get more out of Gasol, Green, and Lowry. Uh, Van Vliet and, and Leonard are where they should be. But when you can have that many guys that, that have to upgrade and will upgrade, that should turn this around. Yeah, absolutely. The one guy, though, I'll push back from is Danny Green. Um, I, I have no faith at all in Danny Green. I know he hit four of nine in game one, but then four of nine for him feels like we watched, you know, vintage Reggie Miller out there because it's Danny Green. Yeah. But I do agree with you. I think we'll see better from Gasol, and I think we'll see better from um, uh, from Lowry. Lowry yeah. And by the way, guy, Fred Van Vliet. Um, we saw in the last three games against Milwaukee and now two games against Golden State, the level of calm out there and just the level of professionalism. It's incredible to see uh, Fred Van Vliet now versus the one we saw against Philadelphia and early in that Buck series. Well, 38 minutes, 17 points, and with Kyle fouling out at the key moment. Yeah. 
That was, I mean, that was a critical moment. And Lowry, that was a dumb foul that reach in on Demarcus Cousins. You can't do that at that point in the game. Like if we, if we're going to do goats, my number one goat has to be Kyle Lowry uh, and and him from last night. I might go to the officiating staff for missing the goaltending call early in the first half. Yes, yeah, the, the, where Clay Thompson yeah. put his hand through the basket. I think that was on a on a Siakam shot. And the one thing of yeah. interest is some people are complaining that in game one, Kawhi Leonard was doing a much better job of finding everyone else versus last night he was a little bit more one-on-one. But if you go watch that first quarter, the Raptors were missing all their open shots. I think Kawhi Leonard realized early on, oh, it's going to have to be on me. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I think you could you sort of reach the same conclusion after any Raptors loss. The shooting is off. Yeah. But I always relate that to the defense. You know, you saw it at the end, but you needed it earlier. Yeah. Uh, that was, you know, and you started out by the 18-0 run as well. They had 10 possessions where they didn't do much with. But but you have to have some stops there, too. Yeah. I mean, you gotta, you got well, to you can't go to, you can't let somebody go on an 18-0 run. It's a theme you and I have talked about in the past. You know, one of the reasons why the Raptors didn't get stops because they didn't get baskets. And then it, it, it allowed it allowed Golden State to run. It allowed easier transition opportunities. You know, and also Gasol had two offensive fouls on him. Um, you know, Siaka missed a bunch of shots that were in close and got blocked a couple times. But if the Raptors if the Raptors in that 18-0 run, if they make three baskets, you know, if they shoot 40% the Raptors is an excellent chance they win last night. Yeah, the shooting percentage was dreadful. Oh, horrible. 37.2, down from 50 in Game 1. It was 50-plus, actually, not quite 51. Uh, and it always seems to come down to a couple of shots that, that would uh, send it in, in another direction. The, the margins are slim. Uh, having said that, and it's kind of a weird statement to make, but, but I'm going to say it. Do it. When you watch the Warriors play, they're not as mighty as you think. No. Um, Steph Curry has gone through huge chunks where he hasn't done very much. Same thing with Draymond Green. Um, you know, they, Quinn Cook having a good game. Like, Here's the thing. This is the weakest version of Golden State in their five championships. Yeah. One, not having Kevin Durant. Um, Andre Iguodala is certainly hobbling a little bit. Um, they don't have the same depth. So, you know, last night they got away with one. I mean, Golden State can say they stole that game. Yeah, it's now up to the Raptors to do the same in Oracle. Well, I, I kind of equate it to uh, Game One against the Bucks. I mean, I, I was thinking in that game that the Raptors played well enough to win, and they shouldn't. They didn't. Yeah, uh, I was thinking at halftime last night they're up by five. It should have been ten. That's the thing is that the, it was nice to have that five point lead, but you know, you look how well the Raptors played defensively. You looked at everything that they did and all the mistakes made by Golden State, and they're like, oh wait, it's only five. Because it's just weird with Golden State. They have that third-quarter thing, um, and it's so noticeable. And they've done it in the regular season and throughout the playoffs. The third quarter, they dominate opponents. And in eight quarters of play so far, Golden State has outscored Toronto in two of those quarters, the third quarter in Game 1 and the third quarter last night. Well, but that's that's what they do. Yeah. They're, they're one of the best, if not the best, third-quarter team in the business. They are the best. It's, and it's not even close. And now uh, I, I'm throwing this out on a poll question. Who's more important? I'll give you two options. The Golden State Warriors medical staff or the Toronto Raptors shooting coach? Who's more impo- who has more importance going into game three on, uh, on Wednesday night? I'm going to go with the shooting coach. Yeah, so am I. Because if, if he does his job, it doesn't matter who's healthy or who isn't. If they just hit a couple more shots early on, 
it allows Kawhi Leonard to try to be more of a facilitator. Still, in that first half, they had a 12-point lead, right? They did. Yeah. They did, but that's that's Golden State's M.O., isn't it? Yeah. I mean, every game, they're all... I mean, that's sort of the arrogance well, of, of Golden State. But, but it's not... I don't think it's arrogance at all. And, it, and anybody will tell you, if you go back to game one, how many times did the Raptors have a 10-point lead and it was either five or six within a second and a half? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what they do. Oh, no, what I'm saying is that for Golden State, they don't fear the double-digit deficit. Oh, no, that's, that's, because that's, they're that's so challenge. good. Yeah, that they know... Uh, no team can erase a large deficit quicker than they can. But the way this tracks is, it's it's going to be back and forth, right mm-hmm. to the end. I see it going seven. Yeah, it, it does. And it, it, you know what probably just can be infuriating to fans is that sometimes it's just as simple as, are you making shots? If the Raptors are making Basketball. their uncontested shots, they win. If they're not making them, they lose. Like we can, we can go over all the brilliant things that the coaching staff does, and Nick Nurse with that box plus one defense that they threw out there when Clay Thompson got hurt. You can talk about all these different things, but sometimes it comes down to this: Did Gasol and Danny Green make a couple of their shots? Yep, they won. Nope, they lost. Okay, so here are the stats. In the third quarter last night, the Raptors were seven of twenty-two from the field, thirty-one point eight percent. In the fourth quarter. This is kind of stunning. 7 of 26, 26%. That's not going to cut it. Oh, no. Oh, absolutely not. It's, um, it, it is a testament to the Raptors' defense that they were in that game late. I mean, that was an ugly fourth quarter. They were what you call chucking rocks, just throwing rocks at each other. That was, that was not, I mean, for most of that game, that was not beautiful basketball. Even Golden State on that 18-0 run, that has much to do with Raptor turnovers and bad offense as it had to do with good offense from well, Golden State. Yeah, and the Raptors had seven turnovers, and I think six of them were on that run. Yeah. That's dreadful. It is dreadful. Some of that you can blame if you want on the officials. There was some ticky-tack calls on Gasol, but... It's up to the players to be able to adjust. Well, there's nothing you can do about the call. It's made, so you just move on. Easy for, easy for us to say, but uh, th- when you see somebody react time and time again to a call or yeah. a, a series of calls, it's kind of telling me the guy's kind of emotionally spent. Mm-hmm. By the way, people need to know this. You have got the most intricate um, notebook, and you've got all these written notes. Like You look like you know, you're studying for an accounting test in high school in 1987. What do you got there, Jim? Tell what, the listeners. I, what, this is what I do on every game. and, it, and the, the, uh, There's an online version of this, but I like to track it myself yeah. so I know where to look. I, yeah. I do a grid, and I keep track of the shooting percentage, the three-point shooting percentage, the rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, turnovers, personal fouls, paint points, second-chance points, and fast break points, and I do it in a grid, and I do it by the quarter so that at the end of the game, I'm not stuck with the end of the game box yeah, score. Yeah, you can see I, the I, progression I can, as I the game goes hap- on. I can see what happened in the quarter, and I do it right at the end of each quarter. It's really smart. My question to you is, what do you use a computer for? Your computer is your notebooks there. I mean, is that like... Did a- you see this thing between my ears? That's my computer. Okay, yeah, yeah. exactly. I, yeah. I thought it was... It's, it's old school, but I, I've always liked to write things down because yeah. I tend to remember what I've written as opposed to just looking at a screen. Yeah. Me, I uh, I just keep like a Microsoft Word document and I just take notes I, I know, throughout the game. I just and, and you're relentless with that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Whatever works, right? Exactly. See, it's radio. Nobody sees that until you... Until I... I yeah, until, theater of the mind, Jim. Yeah, until you... Theater you of the me. mind. But I have that for... And here's the other book. It fell apart. It's all taped together. <laughs> yeah. So I had to buy... I, Saturday, I went out and bought a new book. That looks like something that Tom Hanks would have had in Castaway. Like that one there yeah. is just all ragged on the edges. Well, is it, is it got, oh, it's, it's, it's Wilson. Isn't that interesting? Oh! oh! 
look at that. So we're all excited about Game 3 Wednesday night. There's a nice little travel break. In fact, uh, you know, one of the reasons uh, that we did the show the way we did today was because all the reporters, all the, the TSN family is basically on a, on a flight to San Francisco. All So much, most of NBA media, yeah, they're traveling today. So Wednesday and Friday, uh, right. Wednesday the game is on TSN 1050. You and I, we're doing the pre, uh, pre-game coverage at 7 o'clock. I believe it's commercial-free halftime, then post-game, and then say on for Game 4 on Friday night, uh, same thing. You and I are going to do the pre and the post-game for that. Yes, we are. Yeah. So I, I hope we still talk to each other by the end of it. At the very least, with gritted teeth and passive-aggressive yeah. attacks on one another. Yeah, it might end like, thanks, Matt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's great working with such an old professional like Jim Taddy. Oh, then, nice. You had yeah. to, I see, you never fail with the age discriminatory material. It's the only thing I got. I You're the professional. I'm the yodeling gas bag over here. It's all I got. <laughs> Now over to the yodeling gas bag for a final thought. Uh, I just I'm really happy with this. Uh, I, I think it's where it should be. Uh, you know I can't be. Uh, I'm not going to get caught up in an 8-0 run that happens if you allow it to happen. So lesson learned. Yeah, to me I look at that game as I'm sort of straddling the line between that was a wasted opportunity and they wasted a great night from Kawhi Leonard. On the other side, don't panic. There's a lot of good that came that, that happened last night that's repeatable. And defense in Kawhi Leonard is far more repeatable than that crazy stat about Golden State, the amount of assists they, they had on made baskets. That's not repeatable, but Kawhi and that defense is. They got 21 points in the third quarter. Kawhi had 12. Mm-hmm. Where would they be without him? Oof. There's no comeback. No, there's no comeback. The first quarter early on, he was the only one scoring for them. Matt, thanks very much for dropping in. Absolutely. Your show's at 1 o'clock, 1 to 4. It is. 1 to 4, Raptors, playoff edition of game day. Coming up next, we'll have Andy Petrillo and Leafs lunch. And, of course, uh, after Matt, Overdrive on TSN 1050 with Ryan Hayes, O-Dog, and Noodles. And a reminder again, Game 3, live on TSN 1050, Wednesday night pregame show starts at 7, tip at 9, uh, commercial-free halftime and postgame as well. Yours truly and Matt Cause. Thanks for stopping by and Raptors. Shoot around TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca.